Welcome to Pitcast, a podcast brought to you by the Pittington Society and powered by Pragma Lawyers. Today's guest has just started her own law firm, just had her first child, so let's mm. meet her now. Mm. Who is Denby Kerr? Who is Denby Kerr? Um, good question, Nick. Uh, Denby Kerr, a girl from Esperance, uh, came to the big smoke, uh, fell into family law and has actually not turned back since. There we go. There we go. There we go. And on on the way up. So, well, let's start mm. in the Esperance days. So, what what was the impetus to come to the big smoke, as you put it? Well, look, I, I um I came up to PLC for my high schooling, so I sort of got there a little bit earlier than others. But um yeah, came up to PLC, had a great high school in Perth, um went to Murdoch. Uh, have a, a great sort of alumni at Murdoch that's still kicking around the terrace today, so that's fantastic. Um, and, yeah, and, and Esperance was just a fantastic place to grow up. Not really something where I sort of got my claws into the law in, but, um, yeah, it was a really cool childhood. And so the, the themes, I guess, for today will be um, going through family law to ultimately mm. set up your own practice, um, how that interacts with becoming a parent mm. and uh, the challenges that you found within the first couple of years of being in practice mm. with your name on the door, so to speak. Mm. Um, but let's take some time to the journey to yep. get to where you are today. Yeah. So go through Murdoch, have mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah. And then where does Denby find herself outside? Uh, Denby finds, finds herself in the middle of Europe in the year when everybody's um, undertaking their articles, sort of contemplating what to do next. Um, I suppose being from the country, I, I really didn't take any breather through my university years. It was working, living you know, out of home, um, studying. So then I got to the end of my degree and thought, oh Christ, I just need a little bit of a breather, which I took. Um, and then came back to WA sort of at the end of that you know, year abroad, um, and really sort of the the kind of the desire to work in a big commercial firm had passed, um, and family law just seemed like uh, an area which had a little bit more pizzazz to it, um, was an area where you could, you know, sort of put your toes in the water in other areas of law without committing wholeheartedly to, to anyone, and I thought that was kind of a, a cool idea to, to try and explore and then found myself working at a family law firm. So was the ultimate goal always work for yourself, do your own thing? Or at that mm. stage, are you merely trying to be the sponge that takes it all in and see, you know, let life take you? Yeah. You? Look, I, I didn't really have any preconceived notions of what my career would um, be or where it would go when I started. I suppose I, I started... Um, in the family firm and, and realised I liked it, I was sort of as time went on, hopefully, I'm quite good at it. Um, and that my career sort of just kind of um, moved from there. But I don't know, as a female, um, as somebody who, who wants to, to have a career in addition to a family, uh, I'm not going to say that um, that didn't come into uh, the equation when considering what to do join the bar, start a firm, uh, enter an established firm. Those were all, um, you know, decisions in terms of how family would interact with that. Um, so it was, it was, you know, a, a difficult decision really, to be honest. But the right decision I made was, was starting the firm with my business partner, Amy. 
yeah, so we'll, we'll get there because that's the where you are today. Mm. Um, but starting out of family law, mm. um, dipping your toe in the water of different areas, did you naturally just find yourself loving what you're doing or was it a case of take some time to no, get up to speed? No, took some time, took yeah. some time. Um, you know, a lot of family lawyers you talk to say, I fell into family law and that was the case for me as well. Um, and then, you know, the more and more experience you have in family law, the more interesting it becomes. You know, when you talk to, to somebody out and about and say that you're a f- divorce and family lawyer, they tend to have a fairly glib sort of assessment of your industry. Um, but the more and more you work in it, the more exposure you have to all of these really fascinating legal problems um, that families have. And so, uh, you know, I think probably by about the third year post-admission, I was set. I I knew that family law was where I wanted to be. I suppose for the first couple of years, I was still uh, tossing and turning about whether or not that particular area of law was the one that I was ultimately going to, to, you know, to stay with. And during that time, because that's what I'm really interested in, in these moments of transition or moments of not necessarily to the extent of self-doubt but just the unknown mm. and how you work through those moments did was it for you the uni group that you had created was it um some possible mentors or just people older in the profession that set you on your way or was it more just the internal let's see how this goes confidence in yourself no I, I had some really positive um mentors in that first you know two three years and, and still they've continued but Certainly um, the directors or or one in particular director at the firm that I was presently at, um, you know, really gave me a a bit of a golden ticket in terms of starting out uh, as a graduate family lawyer. You know, I worked on some incredible cases and that really informed my decision to remain in that particular, in in the industry. Um, And then I had some fantastic experiences with some senior counsel who really took me under their wing. So you know, I, I've got to say my, I think my experience was fairly unique, but, you know, just absolutely incredible. Um, and so I was guided, assisted, uh, supported uh, in not only sort of continuing in family law, but really finding um, my feet as, a, as an individual practitioner within sort of the larger industry. So, um, yeah, certainly I don't know that, that it was particularly led by me in those early stages. I just happened to be um, the beneficiary of really fantastic opportunities. So, um, and that then informed my wish and willingness to remain. And that being part of it, I imagine the substantive job you were doing also was interesting and yeah. incrementally more complex, I imagine, and, and difficult. But um, family law is a subset of the larger legal profession. Mm. So what, what are the areas of family law that you particularly loved at the time and possibly still keeps you engaged day to day or have they changed in terms of... Look, they have changed actually Um, and I suppose I've got to say they, since I've had my daughter, which happened late last year, um, I think probably my ability to come to parenting proceedings with um, a mind free of uh, you know, perception or, or judgment or anything like that ha- has waved a little bit. I, I hope that maybe when she gets to toddler age, it sort of flings back to what it previously was. But I find myself a little bit more affected probably by um, difficult parenting cases than I was previously. Um, so I suppose over the course of my 
you know, 11 years almost in family law, I have swung pretty much to, to property-related matters primarily, um, which has worked well with my business because my um, my business partner swings a little bit uh, more to parenting anyhow. So um, it, it's a nice balance now. But in those early stages, I really liked children's matters, really liked exploring, you know, different dynamics with parents, um, sort of it was a bit of a problem-solving exercise, how you going to co-parent with the other person, what's going to work, what arrangements are going to fit. You know, those sorts of questions were ones that I really enjoyed. Um, so too were the, the questions about, you know, deciphering a family's property proceedings and how was there going to be a division of assets? Should there be a division of assets? All of those sorts of things uh, I liked. But really in the past sort of four or five years, I, I have found my practice targeted far more towards property-related proceedings, um, third-party interests. Uh, you know, I mean, you hear every family lawyer in town say they like complex financial proceedings, but the reason most people say that is because they are fun. So, um, you know, that sort of area is, is where I've sort of found my feet uh, a bit more now. And then you sounds like you started out at a great place to be. Mm. So how long were you there for? So um, I started out at DCH Legal Group, um, which were a fantastic or are a fantastic firm. And um, and I was there for uh, oh, yeah, six and a half, almost seven years. Seven years I was there actually. So um, and I, so I did my art, well, what were traditionally the articles um, and then uh, continued on my career there until, uh, you know, I left recently. And Actually, not so recently. Left three and a half years ago, but you know, it seems recently. <laughs> and uh, I'm interested in that dynamic of staying at a firm for what is, for some people, such a long time. Mm. For others, it's really a drop in the ocean in terms mm. of the, the, the extent. But did you have the sort of hankering or want to see what else was out there? Were you? Of no. The new- look, I, I didn't. I didn't ever have that grass is greener sort of um, approach to, to, to really, I hope to anything. I, I try not deliberately, try not to to think like that um, and sort of live in the moment and what opportunities can be provided where you're at. Uh, the decision to leave DCH Legal was a hard one, um, but was one sort of which I assessed having regard to what did I want for myself, for my family, for my, you know, um, profession you know, 5, 10, 15 years. Um, and that's not to say that staying at a firm and taking uh, a position at, at, a, at a firm that you're at is the wrong decision. It's not. It's absolutely what's going to, to be or, or work best for you. Um, certainly on my radar was uh, having a family and I wanted to be able to do that with the greatest flexibility possible. I, I really had some difficulties with the concept of having to forego um, any acceleration in my career um, to devote that time to my daughter. I don't think it's one or the other or, or it shouldn't be. So I suppose um, my decision to leave my firm and start my own practice was really informed by that desire to to allow me um, the opportunity and to allow my business partner, who's also a female, the opportunity to uh, merge the, the, the two, which are often seen, uh, particularly in the legal industry, as being sort of competing interests. Um, Almost for, mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And they shouldn't be, but but they are. And the nature of our, um, our industry, the legal, you know, long hours, hard work, 
um, emotionally exhausting work often and it's not always that type of work isn't always aligned with then going home and getting two hours sleep with a you know with a screaming child through the night so um, I suppose for me my decision uh, starting a firm was uh, or gave me the ability and my family and and what I hope will be Amy's family the ability to navigate what is often that difficult terrain with a little bit more ease. So let's get to that then the, the starting the new firm and I'm interested in the what your sort of ideas of it prior to doing it in terms mm. of what did you expect the challenges to be and then I imagine some of them probably did come to fruition and other ones there's completely new challenges that you didn't even have on your radar that have popped up. But yeah. can you talk through that sort of the un- Look, going into the unknown a bit? Yeah, I, I have to say, and it's a, it's a fantastic um, position for us to have been in, but we had planned, um, my business partner and I had planned for the worst absolutely the worst uh, what will we do if this happened and all of the scenarios that we had forecasted were you know the worst case scenarios luckily for us we started our practice in September and we were pretty much at full capacity by December um, so we actually suffered from the fact that we hadn't planned for the the good, the good. and had only <laughs> contemplated the bad so that, that, I suppose, was the immediate issue. You know, we started off our practice with no administrative support because we thought, oh, we're not going to need it for a good four or five months. And, you know, we were sort of desperately looking for some assistance within a couple of weeks. So um, all of those decisions, you know, undertaking a commercial lease, what are your obligations, um, what's the term for, what's the space, all of those things which we had contemplated being decisions, you know, one and a half years in were ones that we were sort of making two months after, you know, establishment. So it was an incredibly lucky position to be in, but that was the the immediate. Um, I suppose just the, the, the issue with starting a firm, a new firm is, uh, you know, wanting to make sure that you're seen as a, a legitimate uh, a legitimate firm um, to take the cases that you're wanting. Um, and so part of that is, you know, getting out and about and making sure people are aware of you having opened and what you're about and uh, what your target market is. So that's a lot of um, early morning coffees and late night drinks and those sorts of things. Um, and and that that really the the expectation and the reality didn't really differ too much in relation to that. Um, but you know, taking work where you can, uh, you know, at, at previous at more established firms, they're a little or well, far more targeted in terms of if the client doesn't work for them, then uh, let's not take them on. At that initial part of um, our opening, we weren't too uh, concerned about that, and perhaps we should have been. Um, because, of course, you know, some of those files, we had we known that we were going to be at full capacity by a couple of months in, we probably wouldn't wouldn't have overloaded ourselves with those more difficult files um, at the early stages. And uh, I'm interested in the sort of uh, standard archetypal lawyer being conservative in nature, being uh, wanting to take the time to assess what they're doing before making, making the next move, mm. really give that time to make sure it's the right one, so to speak, and then typically give the advice in the way that you want to give the advice, compared to being a business owner that's dealing with these unknown challenges from the time you press go, and for you it seems like great challenges, it's in Mm. the right spirit. Um, How did you manage that between the considerate um, assess all the options and merits 
type of uh, legal profession that you're part of up against business owner got to make decisions mm. on the fly from time to time and got to make decisions without knowing what the future may hold? I think the decisions in relation to the firm um, were completely separate and distinct from the decisions or the, the advice that we were giving to our clients. Yep. So, uh, you know, the decisions we were making in terms of firm progression, um, growth, uh, sustainable growth, all of those issues were ones that Amy and I were deliberating about you know, between 8pm and 10pm most nights. And then, you know, from 7am until 6pm, we were devoted to serving our clients um, in whichever way they required and having the benefit of our very considered advice. So that's what sort of certainly we hoped for. Um, uh, we, we, I mean, it was a different hat that we were wearing. So, you know, and, and we are a firm where both of our directors work completely in family law. It's we're not of the firm. We're, sorry, we're not in a firm where our directors are outsourcing the work and then um, uh, delegating that work to, to junior um, members of the firm. We're still, uh, and most family lawyers are actually. Um, you know, you, you get the work and, and you deliver uh, the product. So. Um, for us, it was simply wearing two different hats, being very deliberate about what hat we were wearing, um, what the basis was for the decisions we were making and uh, and making sure we were really careful to not merge that shoot from the hip with a new firm, let's try this out, with um, or making sure that that didn't uh, intervene in how we were delivering justice to our clients. And the other side of the coin, I imagine, in terms of opening up your new shop is you've got obviously a friend that you're doing it with or mm. someone you trust and have confidence in both professionally and I imagine outside of mm. professional sphere they work and then managing that with now you're both in control of where this sort of ship's going how do you manage the relationship between uh, we are friends and we are business owners together and Mm. There are sometimes those difficult conversations yeah. that you may need to have. I, I think it, it starts out um, at any at any decision making level with a mutual respect. Um, uh, my business partner and I have uh, a range of differences. We're politically uh, opposed, um, so we have a long history of um, having fairly uh, um, exciting and. Uh, Oh, I don't know what the word would be, but um, we've had a number of uh, heated discussions about matters not related to business, just matters related to politics and personal preference and whatever else. So um, I have, an, I have a, a respect for Amy's view, irrespective of whether it aligns with mine. So um, knowing that and, and knowing that she feels the same way about me means that when we're having discussions where we might not agree, um, we are sort of old friends with um, understanding how that relationship needs to, to move through the various processes. But, you know, I think if you come in with it with um, rose-coloured glasses, uh, you know, you're an absolute fool. Um, Amy and I were really, really deliberate and considered in terms of moving through the various dynamics that we would as a firm and as, as directors of that firm have to negotiate. Um, and we made sure that for what was foreseeable at least, we sort of spoke about those at the earliest possible opportunity. So we would be aware of what the other's position would be as and when those events event eventuated, if they did, which I think was um, 
really lucky for us because so far in in business there's not really been anything that has arisen which we hadn't at one point or another contemplated earlier um but it's all you know just like we tell all of our clients it's about communication so you know it's about uh, identifying if there's uh, an issue or a query or something that needs to be resolved and then taking fairly swift action to resolve it it's where that communication breaks down i think that people then have difficulties with everything business family life generally um so yeah that's what i'd say communication is key one of the things you're talking about there is contemplating all Mm. sort of the possibilities that you can reasonably contemplate Mm. and i imagine one of them is is having children for both of you and that's happened yes that's yes it's all systems go i imagine at your house at the moment it is Um, is. so how how have you managed that in terms of also trying to be a director of a relatively new firm that's Mm. growing and getting its name out there becoming a a doyle's leading law firm Mm. um being personally recognized amy being personally recognized Um, how does that all, how does the jigsaw fit together? And Look, how does the jigsaw fit together? With great difficulty. It, it's, I'd be lying if I said it was an easy um, job. It's really not. Um, I mean, running a, a law firm is difficult on its own. Being a parent is difficult on its own. Those two merging in um, has been very, very difficult. Um, but, you know, you, you hear that saying it takes a community to raise a child and that's certainly the case. Um, I'm worried that my daughter's going to say trusts as her first word rather than mums or dad. <laughs> but um, we, I mean, look, there's obviously the benefit um, for me and, and hopefully for Amy, um, for our families in terms of having that flexibility of practice. I have to say that the COVID uh, sending everybody home was a blessing, at least for my family, because I actually was able to spend more time at home with my daughter than probably what I would have. So that was a, a blessing for us, whilst it was not for so many others, regrettably. But um, yeah, it's it's difficult, Nick. I'm not going to lie. It's it's challenging, and I think uh, you know the our society is still uh, laden with all of these. Um, perceptions of of what a female should be doing and and what their role should be Um, but uh, I have found the profession the legal profession generally to be far less rigid than I thought it was prior to having a child I was really worried about how people were going to um, perceive you know me or or my professionalism or um, my role within um, the industry but you know, there's been occasions where I've turned up to a, a meeting with senior counsel with my, you know, four or five month old in tow. Um, and there's been no difficulties about that whatsoever. Um, and, you know, I talk to clients if I'm at home and there's a, a bit of a scream in the background. Uh, and and I found the clients really, really um, uh, kind in relation to that. So, uh, I, yeah, it's difficult though. It's difficult. In terms of then the the difficulty and the lessons you learn from that difficulty, mm. um, I imagine it's there's many a lesson to be learnt within the first couple of months mm. of trying to manage it all. But what are a couple that you've really found to be the case mm. and, and ring true? So um, I'm hearing that people actually respond pretty well if you're upfront with them and mm. don't try to hide it in any respect or don't try to sugarcoat it with them. Yeah. Um, but have you learnt sort of how the profession responds otherwise that is 
good, bad, different? Oh, look, I, I've just found everybody, every single person that I've had any involvement with to be, uh, you know, uh, amazing, really, since especially sort of being a, a newish practice around town um, and, you know, directors of firms that we talk to, clients, even people that are, you know, referring to us. Um, you know, there's certainly not been any uh, sway from people referring clients to us because I've had a baby or because there's any contemplation that my uh, availability might be um, questioned at some point. So, you know, I just, I'm just really, really ecstatic actually that our industry has proved me wrong. Really, I am because I had these real, you know, the law is so um, black and white and people think that it's, you know, sort of so um, rigid, as I said before. But my experience since having my daughter is is that it's not. And that um, if you give people an opportunity to be a little bit more, so flexible, but, but perhaps it's just a bit more understanding of individual circumstances they are. Um, so it's really been sort of the you know, human spirit prevailing, I think. I'm interested in the boundaries that you may or may not have between home life and Mm. and professional life. And I imagine there is a difference, there would be a difference between being a solicitor, working for a firm and the boundaries you have in place for when you go home to children, uh, vis-a-vis being the business owner who has to make sure there's money in the bank account to pay the employees on Mm. Monday or Tuesday when the payments have to go through. So how, how have you found any boundaries that you put up and have they stayed or is it fluid and always changing? Uh, Look, I suppose um, it's absolutely dependent on who you are and how you work and who you are as a parent or as a partner and how you work in that realm as well. Uh, For me, uh, even before my partner, before my, my daughter, there was always a merging of professional and personal time. Um, you know, I would be quite happy to sit on the couch with a glass of red wine and read the authorities in the evening rather than, you know, doing that at, 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 at you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. So there's always been a little bit of a merge. Um, when we started Kerfells, uh, it was very deliberate that um, our ability to shut off was somewhat thwarted by obviously needing to to put the, you know, shoes on the ground around the terrace and, and make a name for our firm. So really from the get-go, for, I think for both Amy and myself and, you know, hopefully not too many of our staff, but certainly for the directors, it's emerging and, and that's continued since I've had my daughter. I don't have any any concept that um, at least right now I'm going to be able to leave the office, go home and not answer my emails or not deal with my emails and and be solely um, a parent for me. And I think this is going to continue for years to come. It's a merging of the two. It's a, it's a continual compromise rather than um, a sacrifice of one for the other. And, um, and, and I, I think I like it that way. And the merging and the compromise, I'm, I'm interested in the last comment, you like it that way. Yeah. Do, you, do you find it necessary to find time for yourself in, in the way most people think yeah. about that is away from work and away from other pressures or are you happy to sort of live in live in that bubble for... No, I think extended? finding time for yourself is, is key. I, I don't know that I could be... A partner or a parent or a business partner if personally I was sort of suffering from 
um, having some, you know, me time. But again, being honest, when was the last time that I had me time? Well, bloody well, can't tell you. That was going to be my next yeah. question. When's it actually So I, I don't know, Nick. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I need um, a trial to vacate and then I can devote a day <laughs> from that to, to me. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I imagine, I mean, it's difficult for me and I've only got one child. Um, you know, I can't imagine how people with you know, more than one and, uh, you know, foot to the leather in terms of their practice manage it. Uh, I'm not sure. I suppose those will be challenges which we face in years to come. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, it, it's a consistent juggle, you know, in, in terms of all of the competing interests. But I suppose for me, I, I was getting – I did try the whole um, don't look at my emails at home, you know, from previous days, tried that. And that just didn't work for me. I was getting a bit of anxiety because I didn't know what I was going to expect when I worked, you know, open to my computer up in the morning. So yeah. I found that, you know, uh, sort of eight years ago when I assessed it, you know, having the emails available, knowing what was there, I can then sort of prioritise it in my mind. And then it's not, uh, you know, an anxious first half of you know the, the morning trying to manage what the the various interests are on that day. So, um, yeah, it's a consistent merging of all of the interests. I think. Uh, if I'm to take something out of, of this, it would be that it's it's positive, it's good, and and mm. there's the ability to uh, do everything. Um, and it seems like you are doing everything. Yeah, have you kind of learnt a, a, a lesson about the last three and a half years, or what what life you know you can take forward in terms of what this first stage, which I imagine in some respects will be the most challenging, in other respects will be. I, no, well, what's the message? I, I suppose if you if you have faith in people to be understanding, they will be. That's probably the message. Um, you know, doing it all is a horrendous. Um, proposition because the reality is you just can't or, or you might be able to do it all but not all well um, so I suppose it's just relying on others to be understanding most people are sharing your it, it might not be kids and business it might be you know partner and business or partner and workload or you know family dynamics or you know everybody's got their own um, things going on really when you're a parent that other thing your child is at the forefront and it's far more obvious I suppose um, to others who you're dealing with but I suppose the message is um, give people a, a bit of a chance and they'll often um, surprise you and that's really been sort of the case for me. We end every uh, interview with the same question mm. and on this positive note it's, it's a good time. I think, which is, what does justice mean to you? What does justice mean to me? Um, I think probably in the family law sphere, uh, justice means being heard, uh, not always uh, having that person who is hearing it agree with you, but justice for me means being heard, and that's um, absolutely uh, critical in terms of the court that I operate in, which is the family court, um, you know, for for my clients, making sure that their voices are heard, um, that they, you know, as their advocate, you're presenting their views, their 
um, or taming their views at times, but presenting their views um, to the to the judicial officers. It's it's really about being heard. I think for for me, that's what it is, and certainly that's what we strive for in our practice to make sure that our clients um, feel that as their solicitors, uh, they're getting um, you know an understanding and then um, an advocate for that position. So that's what it is to me. Thank you, Kerr. Thank you for joining. Pleasure.